Krishna. So, uh, last time, in my first podcast, we discussed human life versus animal life, and uh, today we are discussing the three ways of gaining knowledge. In our first podcast, we have discussed the uh, four activities which are common to humans and animals alike, which are eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. And we found out that everyone in this world is uh, trying to become happy by working very hard to perform these activities better. Then we have discussed the difference between a human and an animal which is that human beings have reasoning power or rational thought. We have discussed uh, what the special prerogative is of the human being over animals. And we have discussed that the a human being can uh, solve the problems of with the real problems of life, which are uh, birth, old age, disease, and death, apart from so many material problems. But the real problems in life are birth, old age, disease, and life. And the reason for this, we found out, is because that we're not this material body. We are spirit souls. We are that what pervades the entire body with consciousness. And we are also that what animates the body. Without our presence, our spirit souls, the body would not be animated because the body is just made out of matter. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, material elements. And uh, these material elements, by default, cannot create consciousness. So these things were discussed in the first podcast. And today we can discuss the three ways of gaining knowledge. So we know now that material life or human life should be used not just for eating, sleeping, mating and defending alone, but it should be used for a higher purpose, which is, the, uh, which is acquiring knowledge about the absolute truth. Who am I? Where do I come from? Is there a God? What is reincarnation? And so on, these questions. And if one normally wants to gain some knowledge, uh, he follows th uh, three of the following uh, ways. 
So the first one is empirical sense uh, perception. And that knowledge is obtained by direct perception. And the majority of scientific experiments and proofs are based on this method. For example, seeing is believing is a famous argument of people arguing about God's existence. And I say things like, show me God then. So how, this is silly because how can I show God to anybody? Anyway, so they think it's a very intelligent argument. But if it were true that anyone could just show God, then one can make many arguments from that. For example, is the sun just a plate of half a meter diameter? Is there anybody who can prove this or disprove it just by seeing with blunt eyes? I don't think so. So, or can we drink the water in a mirage in the desert? Why does a straight stick appear broken when inserted into water? So direct perception by our senses is not a very reliable method because our sense organs uh, have only a very limited range. We cannot inquire uh, about absolute knowledge through our material senses and the mind. That's not possible. And any knowledge we derive will only be relative. Because the very fact that the facts, figures, and theories, and science are changed and updated all the time. They're modified almost every single day. And because of that, that is the proof that we are attaining higher and higher relative truths. But in that kind of pursuit of scientific research. But the, it is said in the videos that the absolute truth is completely fixed. There is no change. Like, for example, our consciousness also. We are part and parcel of the absolute truth. And because we are part and parcel of the absolute truth, we also do not change. Therefore, we witness the changes of our body from birth to death and we ourselves remain constant throughout the time. There is no change in ourselves, really. It's just the body which is changing, but we don't change. So God also, the absolute truth, is fixed. It doesn't change. Never, ever. But uh, the reason why we cannot understand the absolute truth through our blunt material senses is because of four defects. So first of all, we got imperfect senses. And uh, for example, if you're blindfolded and I ask you to touch the trunk of an elephant, you might think it's a tree. So our senses are imperfect. And then somebody may say, well, we've got uh, scientific instruments to overcome these limits, the limits of the senses. And uh, Eugen Wigner was a Nobel Prize winner. He was a physicist. He pointed out that even if we photograph the stars, we must eventually take in by our senses what the photograph shows.
Furthermore, without our senses, we cannot handle a photograph, a photographic camera, I mean. So clearly, all knowledge comes to us ultimately through our senses. And that's the problem. So even with amplified, refined instruments, like a microscope, a telescope, anything, uh, any knowledge which is based on sense perception through this instrument is no more perfect than our imperfect senses. And then we have the problem, of course, that we are prone to illusion. Uh, all our senses, to ha senses have uh, many known deceptions. We experience them. For example, carbonated water. It tastes colder than ordinary water. And at the same, it's on the same temperature. So that's some kind of illusion. And for example, if we taste an orange after tasting sugar, the orange tastes sour. And if we uh, taste a lemon, after that an orange will taste very sweet. So the illusion is not only with the tongue. We interpret physical reality, for example, uh, with the eyes, perceived by the eyes, uh, according to what we discard and what we choose to see. For example, in the early evening, you might see a rope on the ground and you think it's a snake and you run away. So there are many, many examples that can be given to show how our senses are easily put into illusion. And uh, then we have the tendency also to make mistakes. And uh, science with all its dramatic successes uh, has from its beginning uh, generated widely incorrect uh, accounts what was believed at the time as being uh, total truth. For example, the stars were considered pinpricks in a crystal globe. And um, electricity and heat, they were considered fluids. And our brain, the brain was thought of as an organ to cool the blood. So these are extreme deviations from what we understand now to be the truth about these things. But because we have imperfect senses and we continue looking into these things, uh, that information is always updated and it's never really constant at all. And then, of course, there is the cheating propensity. Uh, it is said that uh, to err is human. <coughs> and uh, sometimes, unfortunately, uh, humans go beyond innocent error and deliberately propagate untruths. We know that from, let's say, politicians or the mainstream news. How often have we been misinformed? And it was later corrected, but then the damage was already done. So anyway, uh, the scientists, they're also not... Um, free from such shortcomings. For example, uh, in the textbooks of evolution, uh, 
in the past routinely the scientists, the authors of the books, cited the Piltdown Man. Don't know if you've heard about the Piltdown Man. That was in 1912 when archaeologists uh, excavated a human-like skull and an ape-like jaw from a gravel pit in Piltdown in the British Isles. And the bones were deemed part of the same creature, which was then reconstructed in full and placed into the British Museum as an example of a transitional phase between ancient ape and modern man to prove the theory of evolution by Darwin. And then came 1953, and there were investigators, and they discovered that the jawbone of the Piltdown Man was actually a very recent, uh, of very recent origin, and had simply been stained to look like a fossil, but wasn't a fossil. And then it was discovered that the Piltdown Man was actually a fraud, and it was engineered by some discoverers at the time to prove Darwin's theory of evolution. So, then there are theories based on evidence, and but that's nothing than speculation of the knowledge acquired by direct perception. Uh, they say it may have been like this, or perhaps it was like that. And this is knowledge mm, acquired by direct perception. But that's also questionable because it relies on our faulty sense perception and hence it is unreliable as a source of the absolute truth. And this uh, Anu Mana Praman uh, theories based on evidence looked at with faulty senses cannot independently lead to perfect knowledge, even if it's based on evidence, because the objects beyond material nature cannot be known experimentally. And mechanistic science bluntly reduces everything to atoms and molecules and rejects everything anything which does not fall in its scale of observation. And microbiology was non-existent until a scientist by the name of Antony from Leeuwenhoek in the 16th century discovered lenses which could detect microbes. The final way of obtaining knowledge is the most genuine and is called Sapta Brahman hearing from bona fide authority. And the Vedas assert that uh, objects between uh, beyond material nature cannot be known experimentally. These objects are therefore called achintya. Achintya means inconceivable. And that which is achintya cannot be known by speculation or by argument but only by sapta, the process of hearing from Vedic literature. And this knowledge attained through sapta is free from the four defects we have just discussed. And according to Vedic literatures, 
the Supreme Personality of Godhead delivered this knowledge to the first created being, Brahma, who is the engineer of the universe. And so this knowledge was then passed down by Brahma, from Brahma to Narada and from Narada to Vyasa, and so on in an unbroken chain of disciplic succession and is available to us today. So it is said that this knowledge of Sabda Brahma, hearing from an authoritative source, from a person who has realized this knowledge, who has become a self-realized personality, uh, is perfect because the source of his knowledge is the Supreme Lord. And the Supreme Lord, the Absolute Truth, is free from all defects. And therefore, the Absolute Truth alone can deliver uh, absolute knowledge to living beings with those four defects. But um, the present-day educational system teaches students in schools and colleges the knowledge obtained by Pratyaksha and Anumana, which is the ever-changing relative truth. And this material knowledge is meant only for bodily maintenance. Uh, it can in no way provide any solution to the ultimate questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? Why am I suffering? What is the ultimate destination of life? What is reincarnation? Is there a God? How, to be, how can I become truly happy? So, from there it is clear that only Sapta Praman, the knowledge of the Vedas, can provide us perfect information about the Absolute Truth, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and give permanent solutions. So, thank you very much for today. And uh, towards the end of the week, I will do another podcast about uh, the Vedas and the perfect knowledge which comes from the Vedas and how the Vedic wisdom is infallible. Thank you. Hare Krishna.